Welcome to Healing Place Church, where our mission is to be a healing place for a hurting world. Listen each week for updated content and be sure to share with your friends. We hope this podcast is a blessing and a resource to you as you pursue God daily. Y'all ready to get in the Word? Awesome. Well, if you're taking notes, I have titled today's sermon, But God You Promised. But God You Promised. Today's topic, we're going to talk about what I like to call the process of a promise. The process of a promise. Has anyone ever uh, made a promise to you that they did not keep? Anyone ever make a promise or they, they, they've told you something and it just, it just didn't turn out the way you thought it would? You know, you have a friend that will tell you, hey, you've got to come try this restaurant. This is the greatest restaurant on planet Earth. And you finally make time to go to that restaurant and you sit down and it's just okay. You know what I'm talking about? And they're looking at you with that look like, didn't I tell you this was the best beef brisket you ever had in your life? And you're like, it's delicious, man. And you're like, okay, what's, what's the balance here? How do I stay honorable before God and not lie to my friend, right? You don't want to break their spirit. Or how about this? If you are a parent, you understand this. Kids know how to turn a maybe into a promise, they know how to turn a maybe into a promise. So we just moved into this neighborhood and we have this pool at the front of the neighborhood, this community pool. And they'll come ask us on Saturday morning, first thing in the morning, hey, can, can we go to the pool later today? And like any good parent, we always say maybe, because we really just don't want to make the decision in that moment. We'll say maybe. And at about two o'clock that afternoon, they'll say, hey, are we going to the pool? And we'll be like, uh, not really. And they'll say, but you promised. See, they somehow translate that maybe into a promise. Or how about this? Have you ever been, uh, you ever had like a reservation somewhere and the reservation just fell through? You know, my wife is sitting on the front row. We've been married for 13 years this year. The wonderful Amanda, let's clap our hands for her. She's beautiful. I remember when we went on our honeymoon, okay? And we booked this resort. It was called the Sun Palace Resort. And it's in, it's right outside of Cancun, Mexico. And this place is expensive, all right? It's all inclusive. There are no children allowed at this place. And there is a hot tub in your room. Like not a, like at the place, like in your actual room. There's an actual hot tub. I mean, this was, this was the moment I had been waiting for for many, many, many years. And we traveled all the way to Mexico. And the, 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 the little serve boy, bellboy guy, he's got our bags. I don't know. What do you call them? I don't go to these places like David does, so I don't really know what they're called. <laughs> bellhop. This bellhop guy brings us to our room. And I'll never forget he opens the door and immediately I'm looking for the hot tub. I see the hot tub. It's beautiful. And it's like bubbling. It's like, this is amazing. But then I look over and I noticed, <laughs> I noticed the bed instead of a king bed was two twin beds. <laughs> and I looked at that bellhop and I said, bro, this ain't a show from the 1950s. I ain't Dick Van Dyke. I tell you that right now. We're going to need something a little bit different than this for the rest of the week, you know. And thank God they moved us. But, you know, I want to I talk to you about... What happens when God gives us a promise and things don't turn out the way you think that they would? And if you've got your Bibles, I want you to open to John chapter 11. It's a very famous story. We were actually singing about it earlier. It's the story of the raising of Lazarus. And Jesus gives this promise. He gives this promise to this family. 
And I want to walk through this promise because I think it's going to teach us a lot about Jesus. In John chapter 11, verses 1 through 4, it says this. Now, a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was ill. So the sisters sent to him saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, now here's the promise. This this illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God so that the son of God may be glorified through it. So Jesus has these friends, it's this family, these two sisters and this brother. And Lazarus, he gets sick. And so the sisters, they know just what to do. They know their friend Jesus. He is a healer. He has been performing miracles throughout all of the area. And so they send message to him and they say, look, he's sick and it's pretty bad. And Jesus gives this incredible promise. He says, hey, this is not gonna end in the death of Lazarus. An incredible promise. And then he says, the purpose behind the promise. He says, this is actually all taking place. All of this is happening so that the father may receive glory and in return, he's gonna channel that glory to the son. If you're taking notes, the first thing we see from this promise, from this story about Jesus is this. It's the weight of Jesus, the weight of Jesus. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, I didn't see his uh, weight listed here. Um, you, you didn't see that? It, it said he was 225. In fact, I think he squats, front squats more than 300, Pastor David. I mean, he grew up in a carpenter's house, right? He was a strong man. He wasn't no, no uh, weak man. And, and, but that's, what are we talking about? It's, did you notice the word glory? There's this Greek word glory, and it's the Greek word doxa, D-O-X-A. And that word means weightiness or importance. And here Jesus says, what's going to happen? There is this promise that is given, but there is a great purpose behind the promise. The purpose behind the promise is that everyone is going to see something about Jesus. What are they going to see? They're going to see this. Jesus is more important than you know. Jesus is more important than you know. Now, here's the deal. John, the author of this gospel account, as he's going through the gospel, he's going to give what are called seven, and he calls them signs. He doesn't call them miracles. The other gospel writers call them miracles, but he changes the language and he calls them signs. And this story is the seventh sign in the gospel. And seven being the number of completion, he tells these seven miracle supernatural stories. But why does he call them signs and not miracles? Because basically these miracles are designed to teach us something important about the person of Jesus. And the first thing it teaches is that Jesus is more important than you know. Now here's the thing, when he gives this promise, this is a good news promise, right? There are a lot of what we could call secondary blessings that come from this promise. I mean, you think about it. I mean, his friend is going to be alive. There's not going to be sickness in his body, right? Uh, Lazarus's sisters are going to be happy. There's a lot of secondary promises. But the most primary promise is what? That Jesus is going to be glorified. 
in all of this, this is all about Jesus. You know, I thought about it like this. How many of you uh, do this? And let's just be honest here. If you ever in like a group picture, say you're like with a group of friends and you're celebrating somebody's party and it's like, okay, let's take a group picture. And you get in the group picture and then that friend immediately posts on social media. You're going to do what? You're going to open that app and you're going to look for that picture. And when you look at that picture, who is the first person you're going to look for in that picture? Yourself. Look, today is Tag Team Sunday. So Allison, our social media manager, what she's going to do is she's going to take pictures of me and Doug and Chris and a few of the other guys from the other campuses that are speaking. And she's going to post these pictures on our social media today. I'm going to open that app. And I'm not looking at Doug first, all right? Doug, you're a handsome guy. But I'm not looking at Doug. I'm going to look at me first. We do this, don't we? Sometimes we take what's secondary and we make it what's primary. And here Jesus is saying this. He's saying, look, when God takes a picture, when the Father takes a picture, Jesus is always the center of that picture. When God makes a promise, Jesus is always at the center of that promise. I want to share with you today um, a very personal story to me. I want to tell you about a promise that God gave me and my wife. The year was 2011, and we had one daughter at the time, a little girl named Violet. And, and Violet was just over a year old, and, and we were pregnant with our second child. And Amanda, we didn't know the gender of the baby yet. And so Amanda was feeling a little tired one day and being just the gentleman husband that I am, I said, go take a nap, baby. Go lay down and rest. I've got Violet. I'll take care of her. I mean, you know that that I was scared out of my mind taking care of a baby by myself. But I sent her off to a nap. And she goes and she's laying down in the bed. And as, as she's about to drift off, all of a sudden she has a vision. She has this vision. She has this vision where she's sitting there and there's a little girl standing next to her. And in her arms, she's holding this little baby boy. And the little girl standing next to her says, Mom, who is that? And she says, this is your baby brother, Caleb. And as soon as she says this, she wakes up from the dream. She comes running in. She tells me about this. And she's like, God just gave me a vision of a little boy named Caleb. And of course, you know, as a dad, I mean, I have a daughter at this point. I'm excited. I'm like, all right, I'm getting my boy. It's going down. All right, I'm I'm super pumped. And a couple of months later, I have a dream. And in this dream, I'm playing with this little boy. And I called him Caleb. And I woke up and I was just so excited. You see, what happens is is God will give us a promise and we'll we'll think about that promise. We'll look at that promise. We'll focus on that promise. But there's always more to that promise than meets the eye. There's always something that God is doing that we can't see. Now, I'm not going to conclude that story just yet. We'll get back to it. But we see the weight of Jesus. He is more important than you know. And as we continue to read this story, the second thing, if you're taking notes, that we see is, now this is really clever, guys. We see the weight of Jesus. Do you see that? See what it's like the same. 
Pastor Dave, you thought I was clever. All right, I thought it was good. All right, the weight of Jesus. Look what it says here. It says in John chapter 11, verse five and six. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So, now that's an important word. There's John the apostle is connecting these two thoughts. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. You know, when I read this this week, like I, I was just dumbfounded. I, like, it was like I was reading, it was like, man, wait, wait, what? It says, Jesus loved them so much that he did nothing. Like for real? Like when I was reading this, this is how I expected this verse to go. Now I'm gonna read this out of the TOV translation, the Terry Olivier version. It says this, now Jesus loved Martha and her sister Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was Ill, ill, he threw on his cape and he flew at hypersonic speed to Lazarus' side. And then he drop kicked the sickness out of him. Or if you like the old English, it would be drop kicketh the sickness out of him. Whenever, whenever I read this this week, I thought, this is so interesting. John is showing us something. He's saying, look, Jesus stayed. Jesus waited, but it had nothing to do with his lack of love for them. See, the weight of Jesus teaches us this. It teaches us that Jesus may take longer than you want. Jesus may take longer than you want. Oftentimes, I've discovered in my life that when Jesus makes a promise, it's followed by a time of apparent inactivity. He will make this promise and then it seems like nothing happens. He'll give us a word. He'll tell us something is going down and we get excited, but then all of a sudden nothing is happening. Everything is just seems like it's forgotten. It seems like it's on pause. And here's the deal. We hate waiting, don't we? Don't we hate waiting? You know, we love to take our family to Disney, uh, Disney World and we go fairly often, people make fun. And pretty much every time I preach, I got a Disney World story and David always reminds me of that. But you know, Disney, you know, we'll be walking around these parks and there is this app. And this app, you can pull this app open and as you're making decisions on what to do next, the app will tell you how long you would have to wait for any given ride. This is an amazing app. This is an amazing invention because you'll look at it and you'll be like three hours for it's a small world. No way. Right. You'll look at that and you could just say, well, we can, we can plan because we know how long we'd have to wait. Well, we got dinner reservations at five. We can't go ride that ride just yet because we would, we wouldn't make it to our dinner reservations time. You know, I thought about it like this, man, imagine if as Christians, we could develop an app that told us how long we had to wait on the promises of God. If there's anyone out there and you can develop that sort of app, come see me after service. I will invest immediately. I think this is a million dollar idea, okay? But unfortunately, when we follow God, when we, when we receive from the Lord, there is no app. There is no, there's, no, there's no device telling us how long we're gonna have to wait on God. Sometimes God will give us a promise, and then he'll do the exact opposite of that promise. You think about the story of Joseph. He says, 
Joseph, you are going to go and you're going to be a ruler of nations. And then the next thing that happens to Joseph is he becomes a slave. You see, what happens so often is God will cause us to go through a process. He'll cause us to wait. Back to the story about Caleb. I told you that my wife was pregnant when she received this vision. And it turned out that our second born was not a boy. It was a girl. And so we had a little girl named Avery. Fast forward two years. Two years later, my wife is pregnant again. It's because we didn't have those twin beds. I didn't run that joke by Pastor David. I don't know if that would be censored. Good thing it's not streaming to campuses. Uh, so we're, she's pregnant with our third child. We, 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 we don't know the gender. And I am out in my backyard and I am cutting the grass. It, it's hot and I'm just mowing the lawn. And how many of you have ever seen that movie, Field of Dreams? Have any of y'all seen that movie? Okay, that's an amazing movie. At the beginning of the movie, there's this moment where Kevin Costner's out in the field and he hears a voice. And the voice says, if you build it, he will come. You know what I'm talking about? There's this voice he hears. And look, I'm not, I'm, I'm not one of these people that always talk about, man, I, you know, every single morning I get up and God speaks to me directly. He sends me an email and tells me my to-do list for the day. You know, some people talk like that. Like they hear from God all the time. I hear from God like every six months. And so, <laughs> so I am out cutting the grass. I mean, it's loud. The lawnmower's going, you know, I'm pushing. And then as I'm doing this, it's like all of a sudden all sound dies down. And I hear three words. And the three words is this, Caleb is coming. Caleb is coming. And I'm like, yes. So, you know, I didn't, I didn't finish cutting the grass. You know, <laughs> Had a horizontal line just right there in the backyard. I went inside and I said, baby, you'll never believe. That baby in your stomach, that's Caleb. God just told me Caleb is coming. I am so excited. And uh, a few months later, we finally make it to that 20-week ultrasound, and, and we get in there. And I'm just, I'm just beaming, man. I'm just like, yes. And, and they, they, they throw up that little blurry graphic, right, and just start moving it around. I saw something familiar. Something I had seen twice before. And I looked at my wife and I mean, I got pale. And I said, is that a girl? And the ultrasound lady said, yes, congratulations, you're having a girl. My wife is my witness. I didn't say a word for 10 minutes. 10 minutes, I went and I sat down in that little uncomfortable chair in that room and I just contemplated life, you know? I just thought about a lot of things. I thought about the fact that, well, I'm about to have three daughters. I can't handle two. Is the, is, is the hope of even having a son even real or was that all just some randomness? And I remember I went to a, a, a lady that I worked with, a, a lady, maybe, I don't even know, maybe she's here in this service. Her, her name is Kelly Perrette. And if you know Kelly, you know she hears from God. And I went to Miss Kelly. I was so, I was so discouraged. I was like, Miss Kelly, God, God said Caleb was coming, but Caleb didn't come. And she looked at me and she said, here's the thing. God 
will often give you a promise years and years and years and years in advance before it comes to pass. She said, that boy is coming. And I said, I don't want four kids. (laughs) Three is enough. Here's the thing. Jesus loved, so he waited. Jesus loved, so he waited. You see, sometimes Jesus is gonna take longer than you think he will. You see, we see the weight of Jesus. Now you're thinking that he better conclude this story. I promise you, I'm gonna conclude it. We see the weight of Jesus. Then we saw the weight of Jesus. The story ends teaching us the way of Jesus. The way of Jesus. Here's the thing, Jesus, he finally makes it to Bethany. He makes it to this town. And when he gets there, you know what? Everyone is upset because Lazarus has already passed. He's already passed. They've already wrapped the body. They've already put it in the tomb. And it's dark. It's a dark feeling in the whole city. And Martha, one of the sisters, she, she, she hears that Jesus has finally showed up about two days too late. And she's like, I, I gotta go meet him. And I want you to see this conversation because this is very important. In John chapter 11, verses 21, it says this. It says, Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. And Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And Martha said to him, I know. I know that he'll rise again in the resurrection on that last day. Check out what Jesus says to her. He says, I am the resurrection. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Here's a question that he asked her and he's asking you today. Do you believe this? She said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the son of God who is coming into this world. Here's the thing. Martha, in this moment, she had full confidence that Jesus could prevent death, but she struggled to believe that he could reverse it because he is a healer. She had seen him heal before. And and the thing is, is it's so much easier to trust Jesus with things we've already seen him do. But what about the impossible? What about the things that we haven't seen him do yet? You see, it's so easy to lean in and say, yes, I know you could, have, you could have prevented this. If you had been here, there's no way that this would have happened. There's no way. But I do know that the Father hears you. And maybe there's something that you can do. I know things are gonna work out in the end. She had good doctrine, okay? I know doctrinally in the future, all these things are gonna work out. And Jesus says, look what he says to her. He doesn't say, I have resurrection power. He doesn't say, I have resurrection power. You know what he says? He says, I am the resurrection. What he's saying is that in my presence, dead things cannot stay dead. 
In my presence, dead marriages cannot stay dead. Dead churches cannot stay dead. Dead hearts cannot stay dead. Dead hopes cannot stay dead. You see, when Jesus shows up anywhere, he brings life because he is life. He is the resurrection. What does the way of Jesus show us? It shows us this, that Jesus is more powerful than you can imagine. Jesus, he's more important than you can think. He'll take longer than you want him to. But let me tell you this, he's more powerful than you can imagine. She wrestled in her soul, she wrestled. Can you do it? And he said, do you believe that I can? You know, we have these three daughters and uh, you know, the keys, you can come on up and we'll close this out. Two years go by and me and my wife walk through the, the darkest season of our lives. My wife had had three perfectly healthy pregnancies and she, she got pregnant and we lost the baby. She had a, she had a miscarriage. And it turns out it was, a, it was a little girl, our fourth daughter. And so we named our, our daughter Anna, <laughs> which means grace. Because that's what we needed. We needed grace. And I'll be honest, I'm gonna be for real with you. I want it to be done. I, I, the thought of walking through that one more time was just too much. It was just too much. It was too much for me. I couldn't bear to see my wife walk through that again. And I thought, okay, this has got to be done. I mean, we've got three beautiful, healthy daughters. This, is, this has got to be done. And so we put any thoughts about trying again, having another baby. We just put that on hold for a while. We just, we didn't even really talk about it anymore. I mean, at this point, it, it had been eight years since she had that vision. I mean, it was, it was long gone. And and Anna was supposed to be born on October 8th of 2018. I was the due date. And fast forward a year to October 8th, 2019. Our hearts are just so heavy. I mean, we, we, we cried all day long and, 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 and we, just, we just mourned for what could have been. We mourned for what could have been. And I felt like Martha. Jesus, if you had just shown up, you just done something. We wouldn't be going through this right now. And on, on, her, on October 8th, a year she should have been turning one, Amanda goes into our spare bedroom and she's like, I need some time. I need some time to get with Jesus. I need, I need, I need the Holy Spirit to speak to me. And she goes in there. And I'm gonna try to get through this without tearing up. I'll turn in my man cord on this one. She goes in there and she begins to pray. And God begins to speak to her about that vision. He says, you remember that vision all those years ago? He said, you remember when you had that vision, you were holding that little boy named Caleb. There was a little girl standing next to you. Do you remember? That little girl wasn't Violet. That was Anna. 
that was your daughter. And you were introducing her to her baby brother, Caleb. And he said, Caleb is coming. Caleb is coming. And she came out and she told me this and I began to weep and cry. I had never even considered that as any option. I didn't think about it like that. And we began to cry. About a week later, she went on a little girl's trip with some of her friends and she came back from that trip. And I was like, babe, how was that trip? And she was like, it was kind of miserable. I just was sick the whole time. I was like, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. She's like, I'm just feeling so nauseous. Really? Nauseous? Say nauseous? Okay. You guessed it. She was pregnant already. When God spoke that to her, she was already pregnant. And on June 21st, 2020, on Father's Day, we welcomed our son Caleb into this world. He'll turn one next month. Let's show a picture of our whole family together. Look at that, look at that boy right there. See, here's the deal. I had lost hope on that promise. I thought (laughs) all we could have is girls. (laughs) That's all we could have. We waited nine years, nine years. And you know, Having Caleb is, has, has been uh, unbelievable. It's been amazing. But I wanted to tell you this story today because even as amazing as this is, and this story is, it's all secondary. Because Jesus gave us this story so we would realize that he is more important than we ever could have imagined and that he is more powerful than we ever could have dreamed. And he can do so much more than we even ask for. He can do so much more than we ever could think. And to give you this message today, that Jesus is real and he can do anything in your life. I don't care what it is. You know how the story ends, don't you? In verses 43 and 44, It says, when he had said these things, when he had this conversation, he cries out in a loud voice and he says, Lazarus, come out. The man who had died came out and his hands and his feet were bound with linen strips and his face was wrapped in a cloth. And Jesus said, unbind him and let him go. Thank you for listening. Take a moment and subscribe so you can become a part of the community here and stay up to date with what is happening at Healing Place Church. For more information about HPC, visit healingplacechurch.org.